0: Hello, and thank you for joining the Consistent Man Podcast. Now, before we get started, I wanted to let you know I messed up on the audio on this one a little bit. Before we started recording, I forgot to turn on the microphones. So all of the audio throughout the podcast was picked up only by my laptop microphone. It's not going to sound quite as clear, quite as good, but you should still be able to listen to it and hear everything. I apologize for the inconvenience. I appreciate your patience. And uh, right now might be a good time to ask you to subscribe if you haven't. Uh, but really appreciate all of you uh, listening and supporting the podcast. It means a ton to me. And uh, without further ado, here's Greg Wilson.
1: I haven't done this with the microphone before. Really? How did, how did you do this before? I, I didn't do it before. Well, then why would the microphone make any difference? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, I did do... <laughs> One podcast that a high school friend of mine, who's now a, a university engineering professor, yeah, like he interviews or reach out to engineering graduates and just talk like, "What are you doing now?" Yeah, just talk like get different career paths. Right. So I did that as a podcast, but didn't have they didn't have a microphone.
0: Nope. It was just over Skype. Oh, that's funny. I have been able to reach out to a few people online who have like really big followings that I was like, oh, can I interview you in my podcast? But they always want to do it online, which is totally, I get it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I just don't want to do that yet. I don't know. I feel like it's just the conversations in general are way better in person yeah. than they are online.
1: Mm hmm. And. So I've been interviewing, I told you that, and everything's on online and it's just
0: hard to get that like real connection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just how they're doing it right now. So you're telling me, okay, so you might have this job coming up that you applied for and then you're saying you're not ready to do a startup yet. Were you thinking, you weren't thinking about Uh, a specific startup? Yeah. yeah, I, 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 startup culture is, is really
1: fun. Especially in development, like the, like once you get past the first year or two, where Mm -hmm. like things are rolling, people are excited, that's a really fun environment to be in, but it's still also um, just demanding. And I've got to wear a lot of hats. You wear a lot of hats. You're on call a lot. Yep. From an engineering side, like things go if the platform stops working at two in the morning you're you're expected to to get it working again um, but there's that but just just like nonstop hustle and I've got two girls at home right now about four and two years old yeah and I just don't want to put in that those kind of hours and, and that much hustle with all the demands of being a, a dad on top of that
0: yeah. Well, being a present dad is really hard, especially if you're, if you are as most fathers are expected to provide for the family financially and expected to, you know, lead in certain ways, like being home and being present and just taking time with your kid. That's a very hard thing to do. Yeah. It's not easy. And so, and, and then if you do do it, you feel almost guilty about some of your other responsibilities being neglected or how oh, I could be doing this better yeah. or you know whatever and so but it's important I think probably the most important thing that we could do is teach our kids how to be good people mm-hmm. you know give them confidence and I'm especially like
1: I, I primarily work from home and I just see all the the things my wife is is doing like with them constantly and that I shouldn't, but I like feel a lot of guilt. Like, oh, my wife is doing all these things to take care of the kids. I, I've got my job that I'm doing, but I feel guilty about everything my wife's doing. Yeah. And but you can't compare. Yeah. You can't compare. But I know that if I was, you know, doing the startup hustle, that would always be in the back of my head, wanting to, to make sure she's getting the things she needs as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like right now everybody's hoping that AI will take over enough of the hard work, hard you know, like uh-huh. hard labor jobs. That wouldn't it be nice if everybody was just kind of free to do creative pursuits? You know, <laughs> this like blissful world where we can just kind of chase lifestyle, you know, lifestyle businesses and all right. Like are all your friends talking about that? No, I'm just for people's like there's there's all sorts of there's all sorts of different um, opinions on what AI is going to do. Yeah. One is like, oh, it's not going to do much. It's going to improve our lives to a certain degree, so that we can get more done. Yeah. Right. There's another one where, oh my gosh, I'm terrified of AI because it's going to take my job, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and I'm going to go hungry and poor. And and everyone's going to be in that boat. Like, yeah, no one's going to have any
1: jobs, there's just going to be like but the .0001% is
0: going to have everything and no one else is going to have it. But the third third thing is the opposite of that which is it'll take over everything but that'll enable us to be very prosperous because Mm -hmm. it's doing all the work and we're able to kind of reap the benefits because we don't necessarily need to pay AI to do that work and so then it'll turn us into a more creative society because mm-hmm. we don't have to spend our time doing work but I, I actually think that would have a lot worse outcomes than what mm-hmm. people think because when people are bored when people don't have to do something to survive they end up doing stupid things yeah, and bad things or nothing, nothing. Or, or nothing yeah. and, and, and completely dying on the couch you know I don't know I just think that would be a really bad thing I think we need a certain amount of pressure and stress in life to keep us going and mm-hmm. My certain amount of discomfort, for sure.
1: Um, my guesses will be more towards that first option of like some things are going to change, but that's going to be still more gradual, and
0: and then society is going to keep kind of doing what it's always been doing. Yeah. So, in your engineering career up to this point, you're a mechanical engineer or electrical.
1: Um, so, so I did electrical, electrical, but then i I've, I've just been doing software development. Oh okay. college, why did I think you were mechanical? You did work in mechanical engineering at some point, didn't you? Um, so we were we were roommates, and we also had Kevin Stubbs. He was mechanical. roommate and he was mechanical. Oh, okay, yeah. I swear you worked on like a robot or something. I did a little bit of robotics. Okay, but more from the
0: like computer side. Yeah. Okay. Well, electrical engineering. So, how has that field? progressed since getting your degree in electrical engineering you kind of entered the field up to this point has it made a lot of progression is it AI or just the just the field in general yeah. is that more or less does it feel just kind of maintaining status quo at this point so it's
1: I'll, I'll talk about Software development. Um, the, the big things with software development is just, like, the scale at which, like, information is being gathered and processed and trying to leverage that. Um, so a, a different position I had been looking at was all about that kind of stuff, like, Taking every bit of data they can get from your cell phone and trying to like turn that into metrics for businesses or like drive it yeah. towards whatever.
0: Um, so would you say it's it's progressing mostly in the products that it puts out? It's not necessarily the foundation of it, it's progressing. Yeah, I guess that's where AI would come into account. Yeah, you know that's that's the game changer there. But in the products, what you're able to do with it. As those progress, you can kind of build on each other. Yeah. And and
1: I think it's still in this kind of, like, they're trying to deliver on that promise. Like, oh, once we get all this information, we'll be able to, uh, you know, sell them the product they want or do yeah. X, Y, Z. And I don't know if they're, that promise is actually getting delivered. People are still really excited about it. Yeah. But... Uh, Yeah, I don't see it. um, Yeah, I don't see it like delivering on that promise.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Well, what what do you see being delivered? Because I feel like when I think of electrical engineering, there's two camps. One is the software camp that you're Mm -hmm. talking about, which is these new apps that come out, oh, this is pretty cool. This is like a new idea that somebody thought of to help make our lives a little bit easier. You know, like you can Uber, right? That's what was that? 12, 15 years old at this point. It's pretty cool. But I mean, you can, you can see these other apps that just kind of come out to to help bring people convenience in some fashion. And then there's the other things that are kind of more sexy. Um, Electrical engineering, and I I feel like that would be like the automation, like automated cars, like AI, you know, yeah. Language models. You have like Elon Musk's Neuralink, which I'm sure has a lot of electrical engineering in it, uh, combined with neuroscientists and who knows how that functions. I don't know. Yeah. And and if I was a
1: marketing person or a salesperson, I could tell you like, oh yeah. Chat GPT is going to change the world in, in these ways, and we're going to revolutionize everything in these ways. And and they are changing things, but yeah, I don't know to what extent or how much or yet. Yeah. Do you think
0: that people think the world is going to change a lot more than it actually does? Because if you look back, like from when we were kids mm-hmm. to today, it changed a lot. That's true. Like you think about what what were you doing. When you were 12 years old, you know, um, being a lot more
1: time being bored.
0: Yeah, and, and you were probably and, and making your own way, place.
1: You were probably riding your bike. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I I would like bike to the library, which is a couple miles, and I I do that like at least once a week. Yeah,
0: and I just don't see that. Now what do you do? Well, now what do 12-year-olds do? Yeah. They don't, they don't bike to the library once a week. I doubt it. Not uh-huh. most of them. Yeah. They get books on their Kindle or if they even have Kindle on their iPhone or iPad or whatever they're using. Yeah. They're like, There's no reason to go to the library anymore <laughs> unless your parents <laughs> take you for field trip or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just I, I do think that will change a lot. I think I just don't know how. I mean, the world's yeah. going to change a lot. I just, I don't understand how it's going to change. And I think there's just a lot of guesswork in it. Yeah, I think
1: a lot of the systems are, are going to stay the same. So, you like, you look at the industrial Re- revolution where, like, oh, yeah, all these machines are going to come in and, and, like, we're going to be able to produce all these things and no one's going to have to work, blah, blah, blah. And and like that did happen, but like people still work,
0: and but they don't have nearly as like hard labor jobs as they used to. mm At least not most of them. That's That's true. true. There there are a lot of hard labor jobs out there, but even landscaping it's hard, hard work. But you have a backhoe to do a lot of your digging. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: going back to your point of like. Is everyone going to just like, you know, be like super creative and yeah, very egalitarian? Like I don't think so because I in that sense I don't think human nature is gonna change in that sense. Now is the world around us gonna change
0: for sure? Yeah. Yeah, no, it will definitely change. I in I think we have to be intentional on how that change occurs, because I think we have to intentionally make it in a positive direction. Like I think about, and I posed this question the other day to a few people, which was, what was life like prior to electricity?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what would you learn if right now you chose to not live without electricity completely for a year? hmm And I think there are certain things that we've forgotten that we've probably learned. Like, what do you do when the sun goes down? Go to bed. Or you sit around a campfire. with tell stories. You know, tell stories. You know, like, I think we forget how to really communicate like we used to. And we'd read a lot more physical books. We would probably go hunting. (laughs) You know, like, we don't have a microwave. We don't have a stove. You know, it's like, whatever. Um, Um,
1: My wife and I were talking about how like anytime you have a a few minutes or like any sort of break in time, you go to your phone. Yeah. And like that, that's the, well, it's a drug. Yeah, it really is. And you use it so much to just like fill these little blank moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, how much we miss out on having those moments filled, like, Oh. just like you're saying like there's all these things like if we didn't have electricity we we'd be outside more we'd be doing I think we'd have a lot more time to philosophize yeah you yeah. know and and the phone
0: just like and a lot of technology just fills all that up mm-hmm. yeah it it doesn't allow you to sit with your thoughts no which I think we miss um in my ideal world going forward, I think people are a lot more active than they are today. I think they are a lot more in, introspective than they are today. Like I'm, the things that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to have intentional conversations, you know, I have to have a platform in order to have those intentional conversations. there's <laughs> in other words, they don't happen. You have to invite all your friends to your house. Yeah, come to my house and come in. And, and have an intentional conversation. Yeah, have a conversation with me. And you'd be surprised at how many people are like, I don't know if I want to do that. It's like, what are you afraid of? We're just gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't have anything to talk about. That's the problem. You do have something to talk about, people just don't know it. <laughs> you know, because people are interesting. Like everybody's interesting. Everybody has their own like ideas and how they, how they think and how they come to conclusions, the things that they believe and choose to believe. Do you, oh, here's a good question. Can you choose your beliefs? Um, is that something that you develop over time through evidence throughout your life is, oh, this is a, something I believe because this is what I've experienced. Or can you just choose to believe something because you want to believe it, or you want to believe something is true? So there,
1: I thought about this, and like I think there's a, a difference between like belief and what let's let's call faith for right now, um, where like belief. Faith is like, I'm going to act a certain way and um, in accordance with something that I, I hope for. So like, I'm gonna, I want to believe the best in people, that people are, are good, that the world is going, is overall a good place. I'm gonna have faith and like, live my life in accordance with that. Now, if I, whether I believe that or not.
0: Like, you you, you know that not everybody has the best of intentions. Yeah. Like, you factually know that that's true. Yeah. That there are people out there with bad intentions. Mm-hmm. But you still want to have faith in the goodness of those people. Right.
1: So, you know, if this may or may not be a good example, but, like, someone comes up to you and says, you know, I was... I'm looking for money. I just lost my job and I need to get medicine for my wife. I don't know that sure. as an example. Yeah. Whether I believe them or not, I could still have faith in, like, I'm going to hope that they're a good person and that they're telling me the truth. Yeah.
0: That may not be a, the best example, but that kind of... They're probably not telling you the truth in other circumstances. Yes, <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> odds, are, odds are you're being lied to, and that's sort you nuts. But no, I, I get that. So a real belief, like as a child, you believe in Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you come to this understanding that, oh, Santa Claus isn't real. Um, I hope no kids are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert Spoiler alert But As you know As you get older Then you come to this This understanding This greater understanding About Santa um, But then you see the opposite Let's take God for instance You may or may not believe in God as a young man But then as an old man That could change one direction Or the other mm-hmm. You know And Is that solely based on where you choose to put your faith what you choose to focus on what experiences you have or simply just a decision what do you think um, a combination of all
1: combination of all and and I do think that there is
0: because, because I, I say that because I think whatever you choose to focus on is what you see I do think that's a real thing I think if you choose to focus on like, what are the good things in my life, you're going to see a lot more good things happening. Mm -hmm. I think if you choose to focus on what are why how is my life sucky, you know, you're going to see a lot of bad things happening. Um, and I think that's going to change your perspective on how you're doing overall (laughs) (laughs) and your depression versus you know uh, and fulfillment of life. Yeah, Yeah. and so that's why I say it that way. Yeah, and and
1: there's. There's some things that I don't think that you can, like, choose to believe on a, on an intellectual level. Like, if if someone came up to you and said, like... The earth is flat? Hmm? The earth is flat? Yeah, the, the earth is flat. Or like, you,
0: could you...
1: Convince yourself that the earth is flat? Not without, like, an extreme, extreme, extreme unhealthy amount of cognitive dissonance. Okay. Like... And even then, I don't know if I could really get myself there. Um, So, yeah, some things I don't think that you can
0: get yourself to believe. Interesting. Okay. But then other things. Other things that cannot be proven one direction or the other. The existence of God. Mm -hmm. But then that's not necessarily belief so much as faith. That's how you're separating. So, So, yeah, so... Do
1: I believe in God or not? I I don't know the answer to that. Do I have faith that living a good life that like if there is an afterlife and if we are like that the actions we do right now matter, Mm -mm. like that is something I have a lot of faith in that I think is, I think worthy of having faith in. Yeah. So they're like, I'm going to live my life that way. But like the belief side, I don't know. And I don't feel like I need to have that answer.
0: It was an interesting question though, isn't it? I do see how belief affects people's decisions. Mm -hmm. And I see how it affects their lives in, you know, positive and negative ways. I think it stops people if they believe that they're going to fail, they don't do as much. You know. I think you have to be very careful on where you choose. Yeah. To believe that you're going to head and what you what you think is possible. Yeah.
1: You know um, and that, that the line of belief and hope is kind of blurry.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you have to experiment with it. Yeah. I had somebody yesterday talking about the fruits, you know, they're like, Well, buy your fruits, you'll know them, you know, that's scripture, Yeah. And He's just like, but that's, you can use it with every instance of your life. If you end up wanting to get into a fist fight with every argument that you have with every random person, like you're going to see where that heads pretty quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. it's probably not going to be a spot you want to be, but if you want to, like, you just, just whatever, whatever test you want to like test out. And is this giving me more satisfaction out of life or is it not? Yeah. I think that's pretty easy to test things. Sometimes and actions and decisions. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, it, it's a really, I think you can choose your beliefs, but I like the way that you, um, I like the way that you separated it from belief from faith. I haven't, I haven't thought about that before. I think there's something to that. Like, when you experiment with things, We were talking earlier about how you experimented with carbonating milk (laughs) yeah now i no longer believe that carbonated chocolate milk would be a good thing yeah my my wife
1: and i have a carbonator we do lots of carbonated water um because you can get like the soda stream and it costs like you have to like buy the canisters to carbonate it we just bought like a full like 10 liter carbonator Carbonator. and we do it ourselves can can you carbonate things with dry ice as well I think so yeah you can but yeah I tried I was like I can carbonate milk I'm gonna try that it makes it acidic and tastes like it's bad so tastes like sour milk yeah (laughs) so don't do that it it, it fizzes in your mouth though I (laughs) yeah like sparkling milk that's gone off that's what it tastes like or that's the impression that it gets gives. What about juice? Like, like apple cider. Yeah, we've done apple cider. That's really good. Uh, we've done like Italian sodas. and Made our own like
0: strawberry syrups and things like that. Can you do solids or just liquids? Um, like, could you carbonate a raspberry? Maybe I've never tried it. That'd be really good. Yeah. Can you imagine popping raspberry in your mouth and it just kind of fizzes as you eat it? Mm. Now I may have to go. Or watermelon. (laughs) Carbonate some watermelon. You just like take a bite of that and it's just like carbonated watermelon juice. Or like an orange. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be really good. I need to to figure out how to try this now. I think you do a dry ice. We should try it. I've been thinking about that for a while. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I just think carbonated watermelon would be really yummy. Or orange slices. That's true. Yeah. So you have the carbonator. What else? You have your wood shop in your house. Yeah. Have you been doing any woodworking? Um
1: Some, not not as much as I like. It's hard to carve out
0: space for hobbies. I feel like you have like picked up on a lot of different talents. Because yeah. you like I know you can do woodworking. So do woodworking. You told me you, that you took a welding class and yeah. you learned how to use a cnc machine you probably learned how to blacksmith some stuff just a little bit just a little bit i think it'd be really cool to make a knife i really want to make a or a sword, a, sword. <laughs> a full sword if i could have
1: like one of those ovens oh yeah you can buy them for like how much are they i think like 700 on amazon maybe not even that Ooh.
0: we should we should do a community oven we should just get like a community workshop we're brothers. Yeah, you, your brother has one. Yeah, he he actually was thinking about getting one of those ovens. Okay. I'm gonna go in on it with him because I really want to learn how to do that.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm sure it's like super dangerous though.
1: And and I think it's one of those things where like you buy the small one and you do like two projects and you're like, oh, I need to I need like the full mm-hmm. anvil and the the full smithy. Yeah. So you only did a little bit with that. What did you make? What? <sighs> I think it was like a key ring or like we, so we like had a square piece of a bar and we like would put it in and then we'd, we cut notches in it and then we twisted it. Yeah. So it was this weird like helical shape. Yeah. Cool. Um, but then other than that, the closest, the
0: class was mostly just like welding. I practice welding. Welding is cool. I, I, I need to know how to weld. I was telling her around this, I was like, I need to know how to weld because there's lots of, that just opens up so many more things that you can build mm-hmm. or do if you know how to weld. And Because I can do whatever I, I need to with wood at this point, I think. At least figure it out. Yeah. You know? But welding, I don't know how to work with metal. So, so my
1: problem is like, I've got so many hobbies that like, so many hobbies and so little time that I don't have space for more hobbies. And so, while well, I'd like to get more into welding and and like three D printing and those
0: kind of things, I just you got your you got your kids and you yeah. got your job and that's kind of it. Yeah. So, what do you what are you spending time on right now? As far your as hobbies go? Like, what are you choosing? So, I'll I'll go mountain biking a
1: few times a week. Uh, we've got. So that little trail, trail system up off the... yeah yeah So, bike. like a full mountain bike trail that's five minutes away from my house. So, I'll just,
0: after work... Which is a ton of fun, actually. Yeah. That one's a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a friend break his oh one, nice on that trail system. <laughs> I don't think he was an outbiker. I think he just <laughs> trying and working over his handlebars or something. So, I'll go do that a few times
1: a week. And that's like my... We call it my commute. You said you did a cyclocross race. Yeah. Do you have a cyclocross bike or just a mountain bike? So, I do have a cyclocross bike that I bought like 10 years ago. Remember that Gary Fisher? Yep, yeah. Yeah, good memory, I know. And I was like I'm going to go do this and then if I'm going to do something, I want to like do it really really well. Probably like where it sometimes keeps me from doing things. So like I watch a lot of YouTube videos and I tried to practice, but I I never got to a point where I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that got put on the back burner for years and years. So I bought the bike 10 years ago. And this was my my first race that I've done with it. And that was mostly because my wife saw a race and she's like, okay, you're doing this in
0: two weeks. (laughs) My wife's great in that way. Yeah. Like she knows what you want to do. And she just kind of pushes you to do it. Mm -hmm. I really think marriage can have the ability to make us better or to completely destroy us as people. (laughs) Which one has it done for you, Sean? Oh, definitely better. But I I could easily see it destroying people. If you're married to the wrong person, if you're married to somebody who's like super selfish and trying to like manipulate you all the time. Mm -hmm. Or not
1: even that, even if you just like don't know how to communicate the right ways. Yeah. And so you like... Just build up resentment? Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. But Mel's great. Mm-hmm. She's super intuitive too. That's what I've noticed about Mel. I think she's very intuitive as far as like understanding people's needs. Mm-hmm.
1: And and she's like a hey, she's amazing with the kids and, and really good at helping like me to get like she lets me go biking pretty much every day after work, yeah. which I could see her really being like being resentful of that. Um, but she lets me have that time and that helps me to be able to come home and be like a much better version of myself. Is there something that she does that she takes time out for herself? So she um, loves sampling different hobbies. So where me, I'll like shoot. I'll decide to get into something and I will dive deep (laughs) and like deep 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 she will just like stay surface and do like a whole bunch of different things um and so we have like time at least once a week where it's like okay this is your night you just go do whatever um so she gets time that way she loves um like doing ceramics and flower arranging and mm-hmm. skydiving and skydiving. Skydiving everything and every ceramics and arranging yeah. and skydiving. I realized that I, <laughs> I didn't want it to sound like, uh, and setting tables and making dresses. I, I had to have something <laughs> top in there.
0: Crocheting voodoo dolls. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. No, it, it's really important for people to get time to themselves. And I also think I've been thinking about this a lot as well. Because as you have described, families and jobs and everything take up a lot of time and energy. But I think it's super important to maintain relationships mm-hmm. with people outside your home. Um, because, I don't know. Like I, I, think there's, I think there's a certain amount of mental health, uh, emotional health. Yeah, that goes along with like certain friendships and relationships and things like that that you need to have fulfilled and even just just as an an example to your kids you You can have friends it's okay (laughs) I have friends and I love Melanie
1: but I know that like if when she goes out and hangs out with her friends or I go and hang out with my friends when we come back together there's energy there that wasn't there before yeah um one thing I've been trying to figure out is like how we've brought it up a few times, but like time is limited. Yeah. And between all of it, like, how do you make sure that you're making time for all of those things and, you, and your family? And yeah, it's, it's just a constant balancing well,
0: act. That has to be intentional. Yeah. Every day. Again... I think you can only do it if you're living like life on a somewhat day-to-day basis because you have your ongoing commitments and your ongoing responsibilities and that's that's fine like your job like you, you can't live your life on a day-to-day basis with like do I want to work today or not you know that's not going to yeah. that's not going to fly so you have your ongoing commitments but I think there are certain hours that you have to be just super intentional how do I want to spend 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Like, today. Like, last night, I spent it reading books to my daughter. Do I want to do that again tonight? Maybe I want to go mountain biking. Maybe, you know, whatever. And I think as long as you're, like, identifying... And this is just according to me. <laughs> as long as you're identifying what needs attention in your life yeah. at that specific point, um, and you can be clear on that, then... I think I think that's a really good way to do that. I like that. One of the things I
1: I tell myself sometimes is like there's no such thing in, as balance in life. There's always balancing. Yeah. So it's like a this active thing and I and I like that idea of like each day, you know, some sometimes I might be the thing that needs taken care of. Yeah. And but when it's not me,
0: like maybe it's my wife, maybe it's my kids. Yeah. You're either always either giving off energy and light or you're taking it. You kinda have to know when you're doing what and maybe even like be intentional on when you can give light and when you need to receive it from other people. I think that's why it's also really important that you surround yourself by people with people who are uh, Optimistic, you know, happy <laughs> individuals. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really important who we choose to spend our time with. Yeah, it's a, it's a super good thing. As far as your kids go, um, have you seen, like, your oldest is four. Yeah. Four in November. Yeah. Have you seen your own actions and your own idiosyncrasies rub off?
1: Oh, for sure. Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, some of the things she'll she'll parrot. I was emptying the dishwasher, and I finished, and she's like, Dad, you did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks, Piper. (laughs) It's really nice of you to say that. Uh, Not to pat my own back, but, like, Piper is, like, really good at, like, please and thank yous, and, like, yeah you get her some and she'll be like oh well, thank you so much and <laughs> it's just it's
0: little and it's sweet I, yeah one of the one of the best things that I've ever heard was from Jordan Peterson on kids and he was just like just make your kids so that you like them <laughs> because if you don't like your kids nobody else is gonna like your kids <laughs> you know like make them enjoyable like good people you know teach them how to be good people I think that's I, I, you
1: know. I think that's the best you can hope for. Uh, are you seeing any of the things with with your daughter yet?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A ton. Yeah, she. I was. I, was, I gave her a bath the other day, and I was like rubbing her feet with lotion. I was giving her a little foot massage. She puts her hands behind her head and just like leans back, and she goes, "Thank you, Dad, Dad." You know. <laughs> and then she takes her other foot and puts it up to like give me another <laughs> foot. So I can rub that one. <laughs> And it was just super cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, I don't know. I am obviously biased, but she's the best. She's great. And so there are certain things about parenthood that you cannot explain. You just have to experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's just what it is. You know, but at the same time, you know, I think you have to not let it over consume your life. Parenthood? Yeah. Parenthood.
1: There's like, like maintaining yourself in in the middle of being a parent. Yeah. Yeah. And that is something that I want my kids to see, like, how mom and dad can, we can still go out and do meaningful things as individuals yeah. while being
0: good parents. So let me ask you this. As far as that goes, are there any, I'm, I'm talking like bucket list items here, okay. like throughout your entire life. Is there anything that you've like thought about for the past like 15 years that you want to do at some point in your life you just haven't gotten there yet?
1: Um, I really want to live abroad at some point. Where is it? Uh, we've talked about going to, to Hungary, Budapest. Ooh, why? Um, well, one, it's
0: really cheap. Not really cheap. You can't choose to live based on being really cheap. There's (laughs) a lot of there's a lot of developing countries out there that that are really cheap.
1: (laughs) Um somewhere in Europe in general. Yeah. Um but 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 Ukraine. That's probably pretty cheaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that is true. Uh, my wife and I spent uh, a week in Budapest and just absolutely loved it. Did you? What'd you Mm -hmm. like about it? Um we love public transit which is a, a funny thing. And just like being out in the city and yeah, they also have really nice public baths, but that's probably not a good reason to move somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Japan has nice public baths. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could do that too, but that's expensive. But uh, a couple years ago, really just over a year ago, um, we were like, okay, we want to we want to live abroad at some point. What's the smallest way we can test this out and see if it, see how it goes? And so we did. Uh, we did a two week trip. We, we were in London for a week with Melanie's family, yeah, and then we did a week in Belgium by ourselves. And our kids at this point were, like, six months and a year and a half. Yeah. And London was was amazing, especially, like, her siblings were, like, built-in babysitters. And we could go do fun things. And then we got on the Eurostar and went to Belgium. And we got off and we're like, what What are we doing? <laughs> because, <laughs> it's just us yeah, with our kids. And it's, and it's just like... Um, Like, it's no longer like being on a vacation. It's like regular, everyday parenting, but you're somewhere thousands of miles away without a support network or any of your stuff. that makes things easier.
0: Yeah. We did that with Panama. Okay. We did that just this last summer with Panama Mm. Canyon. It was fun, but it was hard. Yeah. And, And,
1: like, we... We loved our time there. It, w- it was good, but yeah, it was hard. And so we said,
0: uh, we still want to live abroad, but just not yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with kids, you got to wait. I don't know. You don't have to wait. But like, it's so much easier to wait until they are able to at least carry their own backpack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, Here, here's your stuff. Put it on your back. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> but when you're hauling around that two year old or whatever. It's not like a two year old can't carry a backpack, but not very well. No. They just kinda wander off. Like, ooh, <laughs> something pretty, you know. But Belgium those is those cool. Belgium's cool. mm-hmm. beautiful. You've been? Yeah. Oh, okay Been in Belgium. Nice. been all over. Um we did a month in Europe. Okay. Prior to getting married. That is fun. Like we, we traveled everywhere we did. It was actually really great timing because it was just before the COVID scare. Oh yeah, it was. It was twenty twenty New Year's. We spent New Year's of twenty twenty in uh, London, and my wife won't let me forget it. That she's like, you should have proposed at that point in London. <laughs> so like she was ready New for it. Yeah, but I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How, how much later was it that you proposed? Uh, it like, like October. October. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was something like that. So, so you once made the comment to me, and this is just in passing, like we we were talking about doing a joint trip, and you're like, yeah, we could go on a trip together, but we we travel kind of differently. And, yeah. and I was like, what does Sean mean by we travel differently? So how,
0: how would you say that you and and Loren like to travel? Um I say differently, and I may not be differently than you, but it's differently than a lot of people that we talk to. Because I think a lot of people like to go to a resort. Okay. Or like a... I don't know. Um, they just go and stay at this place. Yeah. We're going to go on a trip and we're going to stay here. Yeah. You know? And then their entire trip is based around that central thing mm-hmm. or location or whatever. We're kind of nomadic okay. when we travel. So we go somewhere and we're like we want to see this city. We want to do these things in the city. And as soon as those things are done, we can kind of like mm-hmm. go off and do whatever else. But then we're going to go somewhere else. And we're going to see something else, yeah. you know? And so we're pretty nomadic where we just go somewhere where it's not necessarily centered around a general thing. We just kind of want to see the area. We yeah. want to do certain things there. And then we want to move on. That's how I like to travel To Like I,
1: I like to go to the big city and do the things, but I also want to get outside of that and see like okay what is this place really like to live in yeah and so often my favorite kind of trips are like okay i know that i'm going to be here on these days and at the end of the trip i'm going to be over here and the middle is like i can make that up as i go yeah yeah
0: do you know what i think would be a really fun trip what's that scotland okay the highland trail it's I forget how long it is like 70 miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have different towns along yeah. the way. and so you you can like hike um, and then there's a train or whatever that goes kind of along the same route. So rather than hiking with all the kids, we could send one person or two I'm people trying. with the kids That's to the next stop while the other two hike and then we could switch. And then the other two can hike, and then the other ones will ride with the kids to the next round. That'd be fun. Yeah. And one. Okay, so back to
1: bucket list items. I was like, I don't think I really have any, but you reminded me of one, which is in in England and and Scotland and everything. They've got what are called public right of ways. Yeah. Which are just trails that go like trails that have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years um, that aren't necessarily marked and they they can just like cut straight through farmers lands and horse pastures and stuff. Oh. And so you can is this how people bike across Europe? Is on these trails? I I don't know Europe, but in in England, yes. Okay. So you can just like go from from any two cities and just like be wandering through the most gorgeous countryside ever. Um And lots of different paths you can take and you can just like go through all of England and Scotland on those types of trails and just stay at little inns and little villages on the way. So that's the trip that I've always wanted to do. That would
0: be really cool.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun. And I thought about like take when my kids are older, being like, okay, like, uh, like. Teaching them how to read a map, or stopping and seeing historic spots, or yeah, you know, we've got this much money for lunch. There's a whole bunch of different
0: tie-ins that you could do, like teaching different random things. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that'd be awesome. There's like all of these different types of walkabouts mm-hmm. because, like, there's that there's that one that you just mentioned. There's the Island Trail that I just mentioned, and then I think there's that I was looking at. There's some like down in Patagonia that you could okay. do. There's some over in like New Zealand. I, I want to say I was looking at one, I can't remember if it was New Zealand or Australia. It's over in that part of the world though. That just goes, it's like a hundred miles or something, and it just goes along the coastline, like the whole way. And it's just, so you like, just like walk around the whole island. It's a gorgeous something like trail. Yeah. That's great. And it's just like you just camp along the way, but you just walk this coastline. And it's just like that would be fun. Yeah. But like there's so many different that's probably one of my favorite type of trips is just like a backpacking trip somewhere. Mm-hmm. We do one every year for Ryan's birthday. Um her birthday's in August, so we'll take a week and we'll go backpacking somewhere. Mm-hmm. So this last week we went up to uh Washington. What is the the National Forest there? Uh Olympic, Olympic. Yeah, yeah. Olympic National Forest up in Washington. It was gorgeous. Yeah. That's how I want to go there too. It was beautiful. Highly recommend it. Uh, we are going to do like the coastline over there, but we ended up doing in inside because of like the weather. And did you take your daughter on that or not? Oh, all that time? Left her with uh, grandma and grandpa. That is also great. I know. Especially that, that age. You know? Yeah, but like, I'm trying to think of what age would be good to take her. Mm-hmm. You know, I could probably start backpacking with her this summer, this next summer. She'll be two, mm-hmm. two and a half. I think that's probably good. And you'll just have to gauge, like, dial in what's what's a good amount for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, like, start with an overnight. And then, you know, just kind of increase. You know, do one a month at least. And just increase the length. And just see when she starts to get frustrated or (laughs) upset. But I saw this whole family. Like, when we were in Olympic, this whole family came back they were coming back the other way and it was mm-hmm. like the oldest was like 10 maybe wow and and then the younger kid was probably eight and um there were two of them and their two parents and they had hiked probably 15 miles a day for the last wow. five days with all of them yeah see i i try to or 12 12 to 15 i think i wouldn't say it was like a 50 60 mile trip that they did and they're like, it was beautiful. And then we didn't yeah. see anybody until we got here, you know? Yeah. I used to take Piper hiking all the time.
1: She's my older one. And, but she just doesn't particularly like it. And the other day. Is she I, not like going in the backpack or what is she not like? Um The, the backpack's okay. It's just like trying to get her walk more than hundred feet. Oh, she's she, just not, she's just not there yet. Yeah. And I asked her. Piper, do you like hiking? And she's like, mm, I like you hiking, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> do you take her on walks? Um, I'll take them on my bike. I've got a little seat where mm. they can sit in front. Maybe
0: maybe just try taking her on a box, like around the block. Mm. And just try getting her to go that far. Yeah. And then once you, like can go on a walk by herself, like with you, and walk that far, and then... You know, just increase the distance. And then when you do... temp next week. Yeah, then you do yeah. temp the next day. You know. <laughs> but, no, I think... I don't know. You have to, like... You probably just have to ease them into it. Like, with, with Canyon, I'm for sure, I wouldn't even let her walk at this point. Like, no, you're going to take too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but once like, she can, like... Because she's starting to... I take her on the walk every day. And once she's... She wants to walk by herself but it takes like an hour for yeah. to go on that walk. Because she wants to stop and lay down. She wants to you <laughs> know, like we feed the horses. know, yeah, we do all this stuff and she loves it. It just takes forever. And so you just kinda of gotta like pick her up and take her on your shoulders or push her on a stroller or something. that's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I don't know, but those are definitely the type of tricks that I'd want to do more <laughs> of. I think those are on my my bucket list to do just more backpacking trips like that all over yeah. the world. Because then you get to see so much cool stuff. You get to like go to like these farms, like up in Ireland, and like watch them make wool, you know, and buy a new coat or whatever <laughs> from like this farm in Ireland. <laughs> so I'm not like a materialistic guy, but if I could buy a freshly Made wool coat <laughs> you, from an Irish farmer, one hundred percent. I'm So, like, one day he shares the the sheep, and then he like
1: within two days, it's a, a,
0: a well, it Doesn't have to be the same wool, you know what I'm saying? Like, but mm-hmm. like, there's some cool stuff. I actually think. Okay, so here's my prediction for because everybody likes handmade stuff. Yeah, everybody likes just like things that people put time into. Right. right and it's kind of unique in that in that way and there's never two things exactly alike yeah. people like that and so i think when we get ai going it's going to create a lot of things that people want on a day-to-day basis but then there's going to be a premium for human, human stuff. Uh, yeah just like sure. this is my creativity this is me making this this is not a program yeah yeah this is human and I think there's going to be uh, a premium for that, always. I don't, I don't think it matters how advanced the technology gets. I think people appreciate people.
1: And, and especially like, because it will also get, I think we've seen like a decline in, in the trades and stuff. Yeah. And, and so that stuff will just only get more, kind of
0: unique, more rare. You know what makes me feel really good as a as a man is the ability to like fix things in my house. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how many men like have to like call a plumber? And I'm like, I hate doing plumbing, but I, <laughs> at least I know how to do most of it. You know? Like, there's certain things I I wouldn't trust myself with. Like the more technical it gets, or the more like if you have to like break up the sidewalk or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get a professional and do that. But for most things, it's like some electrical problems,
1: you know, yeah. like, and if I don't know how to do it, I can watch a YouTube video and be like, okay, I got
0: it. Yeah. And that usually goes pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, but I think you're right. Like the trade, the trades that people like manual labor, like they're going, they're going south. Like yeah. people are not doing those. And so I think there's just going to be a higher and higher demand for them. I don't know. Yeah. I almost wanna like teach the next you know I might be opening up a school. Okay. And it's going to start with like five to ten year olds. Actually probably preschool too, because I have canyon that need that. So like one to five and then five to ten. And then you're just gonna get them to do random DIY products around your house. Yes. That's that's the plan. Child labor yeah. <laughs> 100%. They're giving me my little minions. No. Uh, it's going to be like a Socratic method school. Yeah. Um, and I would, it would not be, and then I would. I would so, Socratic method is that's like teaching by doing? Teaching by questioning. Okay. So, like, okay, you, yeah. you, you yes. ask them a question, you allow them to answer and to decide what it is that they want to do, mm-hmm. and they can do that together as a group. Um, and and you allow them to choose the books that they want to read. You allow them to go at the, because kids are naturally curious and mm-hmm. kids will naturally like want to learn things. And, I, and you know, we think I just, I have this belief that the education system that we grew up with is not a good educational system.
1: Yeah. It's a, easy to see that it is not
0: super functional no and it's like you put somebody at the head of a classroom who lectures to kids who don't care what they're lecturing about you know they don't have any like say in what they're learning yeah they don't have any you know they may be bored out of their mind learning it they're not going to remember it anyway you know what i'm saying it's just like there's this there's a better way of doing it Or, or the teacher i've got a lot of teachers in my family like the
1: The teachers are restricted to like, this is how you have to present it. This
0: is how how you have to do it this way. Yeah. Yeah. So opening up the school would be basically the opposite. We wouldn't have any lecture type of instruction at all, all the way up through high school. Mm -hmm. It would be Socratic method of learning all the way. And you're like, you put these kids into groups. You allow them to vote on a group leader if that leader gets too power hungry, they can be voted out <laughs> 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 or whatever, you know, but it's allowing them to like kind of have a voice, one um, but two, it's like they're pre- presented with these questions and these options about what, they, what it is that they want to spend their time doing and then they get to choose and they get to choose what direction that they want to go and it presents them with a, an ability to function as the world would function in electing people who are going to speak for them, you know, in a certain type of way and having leaders and wanting to be in leadership themselves potentially or not. And being able to then like when they get old enough, decide what direction it is that they want to focus their time and energy, you know? So when you're like 12, you might identify three to five, people in the community that you look up to or that you want to know Mm -hmm. more about and then you help them like okay first identify those and reach out to them formulate like a really good email or letter or something reach out to them ask for a conversation as a 12 year old reaching out to this person and say hey can I have a conversation with you and then ask them ask to shadow them for a month or something you know and like when you do this and you might get some no's but most people, mm-hmm. for little kids, ask yeah, them, I mean, you know, they're going to say, "Yeah, sure, come," because that's cool. One that the little kid is doing it themselves, and that they have the ability to do that, and then two, they get to see what people, how they function in the real world, mm-hmm. you know, and they are able to then become. Now you may get you may get some, lack lacking. I guess in certain subjects. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, to be honest, I think that's fine because like, like as long as you're like learning certain history that you need to know about how things work, right. Here's Mm -hmm. where the government came from. Here's why we have our form of government, you know, and you kind of lead them in that direction. Um, And as long as you, you know, like they can go at their own pace with math. Like you have, Time set aside so that they can like yeah. you know, spend time on that.
1: Like you, you do have to spend time on certain, certain on everything to, certain s- to some degree. Yeah, but the the how you learn is much,
0: is much more important than what you learn. Exactly. exactly right and so i think history is super important i think books are super important but like i think i have the belief that if you allow kids to choose their own direction and Mm -hmm. help them to not just read the right things but to learn to love reading in general then they're going to end up reading those things yeah you know they're just going to naturally get more curious about how things work and function Mm -hmm. and why and you can instead of trying to lead them and have them be resentful of having to learn things that they don't necessarily want to learn you help them cultivate their curiosity yeah and you know find answers to the questions that they naturally have yeah I think everybody's that way so and so that's that's I think I'm gonna do it I think in the next year I'll probably have one you get you'll get started yeah by next wow. fall yeah because I applied to start one it's an affiliate program of a private yeah. school that already exists and that was accepted. They had like, Oh, cool. They have like 400, they had over 400 applicants and they accepted like 80, or 80
1: nice. So, I I think we briefly talked about this before. So, what, what would the
0: next steps on that be for you? Um, It would be to, I have to decide by this month, by the end of this month, um, probably by like next week, but I'm like 90% okay. leaning that direction. And I go through training. So, there's a certain training on how they do things and why they do it that way yeah but then then i'd have to look for a uh location, to put it <laughs> <laughs> so but i actually think we'd have a lot I, I think especially in this area there's a lot of people who are more homeschool centric yeah and that type of thing i think we get a lot of students yeah i think so too through that way lots of families lots of hey. Interest in that type of learning. Yeah. yeah. As long as you hire the right people, I wouldn't want to be the day to day person mm-hmm. doing that. But, you know, being involved and making sure that the right people are in place to help the students progress in the best ways possible, that's that would be my main focus. I already have somebody who I'd be working with this on and his wife was in education for 20 years but she saw the problems in that so she wanted to change and so you know I've already had some of those conversations so she probably end up running the day-to-day initially uh, which would be yeah which would be good I'm kind of excited about it I don't think I don't see this as like a a money-making opportunity I see this as a this is just something I need to do for one, my own family Mm -hmm. and two, because I think it just has to be done like in our current society. Yeah. Has to, there has to be more of a focus on this. And also just like the, having that kind of purpose and drive. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh And I think it also opens up doors. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about um, local political leadership and how nobody really cares about local politics, like your city. Like, can you name anybody on your city council? Or can you name, like, most, most people can't, you know? Yeah. Most people don't go to, like, the meetings uh, in the city council or town halls or whatever. Even governors. Um, like, how many people can name a state governor? I think that's probably a pretty low percentage, <laughs> you know? But how many people know the presidential candidates? A lot more. Yeah you know, and I think that's because people care more about really the things outside of their control than they do about the things in their control, which I think is backwards. I think we should care much more about local politics than we do about federal politics The federal politics. is like whatever. That's like very, very outside of my reach of local politics. I can actually have a say in a voice that's heard. That's true. You know? And so I, I think even with that, like starting a school, could allow me to amplify my voice a little bit in things that I care about mm-hmm. I think everybody should do that to some degree It's cool but
1: did you ever see yourself get into politics so my my mom is in uh she's on the school board for yeah. alpine school district okay and how does she like that like she really enjoys it but she has been wrung through the mud Ooh, so much so so much. Um, trying to think of.
0: Alpine's pretty good though, aren't they? I feel like that's a really good school district. That's the one we're in. Yeah, so it's it's it's
1: a really good one. It's it's also really big. It's huge. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, biggest one in the state. Um. And so there was like the city that they're in. There were some people who just like didn't like the way things were being done. So it was like, well, we don't want to be part of that anymore. We just want to like. Breakaway is a single like just the city start their own school district and I think there's a lot of in politics right now of like I don't like what you're doing so I'm just gonna like take my toys and go home I'm just gonna like go do my own thing yeah and so my mom wasn't necessarily like opposed like let's is that a bad thing though breaking the school district yeah no it's not um. But it would be a really bad thing for the single city to go do it. Um, Because they're like an aging city with like really low enrollment. Is that by numbers? Is Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that this was happening. And so like if a, a lot, Alpine School District essentially subsidizes Orem students because there's so few students as opposed to like here in Eagle Mountain. Yeah. And so if Orem broke off, they'd actually lose money. Oh. Um, and so my mom's whole point was like, yeah, let's, let's talk about splitting the school district, but like, let's do it in a way that makes sense. And there was just a, a lot of, uh, angryness about that. And and just like, people not wanting to listen to each other. So I, the idea, I like the idea of like helping and serving in my community, but just seeing my mom go through that
0: makes me less interested in actually being in politics. That makes sense. Yeah. I heard that there's this thing in Utah, right now. I don't know if you know what it is, but there's like a scholarship or a stipend for every student to be okay. able to... I want to say it's like 8000 a year or something. For every student to be able to choose yeah. what they want to use that on yep. for education. And I don't know if that applies just to public school students. I don't know if that applies to every aged kid.
1: If I understand it right, it's like, yeah, you have the right to... Take your kid out of the public schools and take that money with you. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool.
0: That will help me with my school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you put your kids in public school at this point? What's your, um, what's your plan? Because you're a year away from kindergarten. Yeah. Yep. Year
1: away. Um, I had a really good public school experience, and I did too. But I feel like it's. I feel like it's changed. Yeah, so I've had had a handful of friends who they now have kids in elementary school and junior high who were like, we never thought we'd take our kids out of public school, but like we just felt like we had to. Um, so I I hope to go the public school route, but depending on how that went, yeah, I might might take them out.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well. If I end up starting my school, maybe I'll convince you to send it there. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I actually uh, I think it's something that every parent needs to like really think about. Because I think that's just the up to this point anyway, it's just kind of in default. Yeah, I'll just put my kids in public school, no. or whatever, you know. I think that's how most people think. I think that there's a certain population that thinks otherwise, but I think that population's growing. I I do think there's
1: value in like Well-funded public schools can really help um, with like minorities or special needs. Those kind of people that that need yeah that need to not be left out. Um, but the the whole system right now
0: doesn't seem to be serving groups well. Okay. The one thing I'm really concerned about with the private school is extracurriculars. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I think the public school system does very well, whether it's sports or music or, you know, uh, whatever. I think probably sports and music are the big ones, but drama, you know, extracurriculars where you can really help kids get involved in different things. Than the standard academics, quote unquote, which I'm mean, not, I'm not planning on just staying with the standard academics, mm-hmm. but I think having those options open to kids. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I, I still, th- I think that's a something that all homeschoolers can do right now anyway. Is they can go to their public school to just do extracurriculars a la carte. Yeah, for those things. Yeah, because I've had, I had kids, even when I was growing up, I had kids do that. Mm-hmm. I had friends who just came for wrestling and band, in seminary. You know? It was like, that's the only time they were there. Then they left. <laughs> <laughs> where are you going? And what are you doing? Well, School's yeah, not um, over. Yeah, I don't go to class here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this kid this is like super cool, but, uh, you know, he just, he didn't go to public, public classes. He, he'd come, he'd do his track practice. We'd had pole vaulted with him, wrestled with him. they did a bunch of stuff with him but he uh yeah he didn't go to any of the classes there which at this point i understand but i I actually think my public school was very good yeah like we had a lot of really smart kids we had a lot of really self-driven kids i don't know if it's the same at this point as it was because i think things change we've been out of it for a long time like 20 years yeah but it doesn't seem like that long it just is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time for things to change. Anyway, well, we can start to wrap this up. Yeah, We've been going for an hour. Yeah, but this is fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thanks for coming all this way. No, thanks for having me.